Are you ready to have an open and honest discussion about sex and spiritual wellness without secrets, censorship, or barriers? This is Unbuckled with your host, Christy Ann Bella. In this program, there are no topics that are off the table, from religion to health, feelings to sexuality. Get ready to hear from some incredible people. And now, here's Christy Ann Bella. Hello and welcome. I am Christiane Belli, your intimacy architect, and we are unbuckling today the world of self-pleasure and our primal body, our erotic blueprint, and all things juicy and goddess-orientated with our guest, the pleasure embodiment coach, Julianne Vaccaro. Hello, Julianne. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for that introduction. As soon as you like read all those things, I was like, yes, animal body. Yes, wild women. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yay. Um, so I, I guess I always like to start to, to hear people's uh, sort of the cliff notes version of, of how you ended up here, right? Because most of us aren't uh, born shame-free. Um, well, actually, we are born shame-free. We're <laughs> indoctrinated with shame. And then we have these great awakening moments mm-hmm. where we reclaim it. So what was your... Uh, hero's journey, heroine's journey, as it were, um, to get to where you are today? Mm. So I started out actually as a holistic health coach Mm -hmm. and I was in that industry for, excuse me, I'm just getting over a little bit of a cold. So I was in the industry for about a decade now, over a decade. And when I started in that field, I was really after getting the perfect body, that was the thing that I was focused on was like, how do I just achieve this level of perfection in myself, in my being, because then I'll be safe and then I'll be loved and then I'll be worthy and then I'll have the money. And as I went into that space, it was almost like I started to peel back the layers of myself and my soul one at a time. And so food was the first thing for me. I struggled with eating disorders my whole life. And I tried every different dietary theory in the book and I landed on raw veganism for about three years. And to summarize that journey for me, I ended up coming down with really severe adrenal fatigue. And what I had realized that was really the first turning point for me was that, okay, I can eat organic. I can juice every day and I can make smoothies with supplements and adaptogens and medicinal mushrooms. But if it's not right for my body, then it's not right for my body. And if I'm not looking at all these other layers of who I am, like the emotional side, then the food really doesn't freaking matter. Right. Mm -hmm. So I healed myself from the adrenal fatigue. I learned how to really eat for my body, but this idea of perfection and a lot of unprocessed trauma was still stored in my body. And so I took a hard turn. I went into the fitness industry and I was teaching yoga. I taught boxing for for years and I also competed in the NPC. So I did bikini competitions. I did fitness competitions and I was really wanting to combine the world of aesthetics and nutrition. Like how do we get the body and the look, but from a place of wholeness, but it wasn't actually from a place of wholeness at that point. I was like doing the bro diet things. I was struggling and experimenting with all different kinds of PEDs. All my eating disorders came back. And it was my last show where I just ended up in a binge that was was so big where I just looked at myself in the mirror and was like, for who? For who? And you're you're 25 now. Like, are you going to do this for your rest of your life, Julian? Is this the life that you want to live? And I said no, and I competed and I threw in the towel and then really was like, okay, how do I actually combine these two worlds? 
And I started combining them and just really Mm -hmm. learning how to do that for myself. There wasn't a lot of information out there. And especially in the supplement industry, I felt like there was no holistic like Mm -hmm. flavor to any of the supplement game at that point. So I really started focusing on intuitive eating. And as I went deeper and deeper in my body, I was like, oh, this is about body sovereignty. Like this is about intuition. Like fuck the bro diets, fuck like diet culture, just like fighting all of these things and and leading women home into their truths Mm -hmm. with food and Mm. and body and self-love. And as I started to heal a lot of those layers in myself, I actually started to see like all of the other stuff that was in my life that I just didn't have the capacity mm-hmm. to look at because I was struggling with the surface. Mm-hmm. And so I was seeing that I was ending up in one abusive relationship after the next, like mm-hmm. three with court orders of protection. And mm-hmm. the one that really was the most traumatic and the most eye-opening and was really the biggest gift for me was one that ended in a pregnancy that was um, not consensual on my end. Right. And so it just, it cracked me yeah. open and it felt as if I, I didn't have a choice but to feel. Mm-hmm. Like it was such a deep wound that I just had to be with myself and my body. And that was the only kind of option that I felt like I had. And so as I started to look at like, why is this pattern in my life? Why does this mm-hmm. exist? I feel like I know my worth. I come from the perfect family. Mm. My mother's a nurse. My dad's a fireman. My brother was yeah. valedictorian as an aerospace engineer. Like what? the F is wrong with me? How do I keep ending up in these situations? And as I started to backtrack and kind of go into my childhood, I realized how much childhood trauma I actually did have. Mm -hmm. Like there was abuse in in my life. There was sexual trauma. There was a story of abuse and love that were heavily intertwined. And so I started to unpack those layers and, and really did a lot of the personal growth work the way that I thought I was supposed to do it. Mm. Like I did the counseling, I did therapy, I did coaching like hours a week. Mm -hmm. And when I thought I was ready to get back out into the dating world after this traumatic event, I met this wonderful man. And on our first interaction where we started to get a little sexy, his -hmm. hands were all over my body. And as soon as he tried to get under my shirt, I just hit a wall that I had never accessed before. Wow! And it was like all of this emotion started flooding out of me. And I was just like, I'm so confused and I'm so sorry. Like I thought I was, I thought I was healed and I now feel so damaged which I wasn't, but I, I didn't understand what was happening. And I ended up in the hands of a somatic sexologist, an incredible couple who Mm. just held me through a deeper level of healing that I had never even known was possible. And so what I realized was that trauma lives in the body and that sexuality was something that I never looked at. I was such a personal Mm. development junkie, but Mm. sex was such a charge for me. And it wasn't something that I realized held so much power. I was so focused on like the business and the growth and the impact that I was like, why do I have to look at sex? Then when I started getting into the sex work, I was like, oh my God, my business just literally three times and I'm making more money than ever before. Mm. And so I started implementing all of this work and integrating it into everything and really found that sex is like, the glue for everything. Like sex is just the baseline. So all of my years with eating disorders and substance abuse and abusive relationships, like actually really came down to sex Mm -hmm. and was coming from this question of like, how can I be enough? 
how can I feel desired? And so it was just this beautiful journey for me of home, of coming home to my own desire for myself, my own arousal for life, my own turn on for, for what is me. Yeah. Oh, I love that. My own turn on for what is me. That is, (laughs) that is good. Oh, so much, so much. I love it. Um, I think giving yourself right permission to have pleasure and desire when, when you've seen the shadow side of it, right. And, 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 you know, especially I think the younger we are, the the more we kind of embody that without realizing it. Right. Um, And so to start to untangle those things, to start to untangle the, the, because we're all here because of sex. Like every, like there is not a single person walking this planet that is not here as a result of sex. Some would like to think so though. (laughs) You know, so the, like the further we try to separate ourselves, we really separate from this, this essence level of who we are. Yeah. So the ability to come to that place and see that being desired is a healthy thing, right? In in a you know whatever those containers of boundaries and and embodiment look like for you, mm-hmm. um, just as it is to give that that desire and passion to to lovers in your life or, or however that shows up for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to circle back around to just intuitive in general. You know, I think it's so important, like you said, like intuitive around food because I think. And I've done it too. I'm just like, all oh, the supplements. And I'm like, but is this really for me? Or am mm-hmm. I just like being sold on the idea that this is like the thing right now? You mm-hmm. know, we should be. Um, and so the practice of coming back to your intuition when you've had trauma, what did that look like for you? Like, what were some of the techniques that you began to, to listen to that inner voice? Because I feel like it gets it gets muddled, you know, when it's like, confused with almost our fight or flight response and to to start to distinguish between the two. Totally. This is such a valuable question. And I feel like this is one that I, that I get all the time is like, how do I hear the difference between my intuition Mm -hmm. or fear? Like how do, how can I feel that difference? And I think that, you know, I think that our intuition is something that we are culturally literally geared away toward geared away from like we you know in all of our media all of our social conditioning it's like training us to get further and further away from our body and from our truth so like that's level one like that's like one layer right and then look at the trauma piece and look at like the experiences that we've had in our lives whether it's trauma or just negative experiences or experiences that we've had with sex and partners and that adds another layer. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, coming home to the body and really coming into a place of trust with our intuition is a journey because it's unwinding all of the stories Mm -hmm. that live in the conditioning layer and then coming into the body and unwinding all of the stories and the trauma that lives there. And, And trauma can feel really heavy. Mm-hmm. And it and it also doesn't have to be as heavy, right? Like we all have these shadows. We all have these these moments of contraction that we face in our lives that have brought up really powerful emotions that maybe we didn't know how to feel at the time. And now we do. So like when we can sit with those things and really start to rewrite our narrative, then it's like, 
okay, now I'm on this journey with my intuition and now it's about discovery. There was an analogy Mm. that I used when I was teaching intuitive eating. It was EAT, E-I-T. So it was education, awareness, and then trial and experimentation. So like, Mm. let's get the facts. Let's look at the science. Let's also look at the energetics and the spiritual Mm -hmm. side of it. And then let's come into the awareness of what's happening in the body without creating any story per se. And then like, let's trial and error because- no one's journey is going to be the same. That's what I've found. There's definitely tools and practices that you can implement and there's supportive techniques, but the journey for everyone is going to look so different. And so I think for me with my intuition, because food was something that was so tangible and was something that I had been so focused on for so long, mm-hmm. it was it was kind of easy in a sense. I don't want to say like it didn't bring up resistance. It was easy to start to play with food mm-hmm. as process of like, okay, so Jules, you know, the holistic health coaching side, you know, all these dietary theories and you know, the bodybuilding side, try to do it on your own and mm-hmm. see what your body does and then move from there. And so it's kind of the same process when it comes to our sexuality, when it comes to reconnecting with this, this true essence of who we are, like, mm-hmm what does feel good in the body? And and if I follow my intuition in this situation, where does it lead me? And then we get more information from there of like, ooh, that that maybe, you know, quote unquote, didn't leave me in the best, lead me in the best uh, place. And then that's when we kind of go like, okay, is this my human mind that's trying to say it didn't leave me in the best place? Or can I sit with, was this actually mm. my intuition or was this a fear? Was this a trigger? And then again, when we do the somatic reflection, it's like, so what does the intuition actually feel like in my body? Mm-hmm. Does it feel like it feels expansive? It feels like, you know, there's space, spaciousness in my body. Whereas the fear that can sometimes mask as intuition probably has some kind of different sensation somewhere in the body. Like for mm-hmm. me, there's contraction in my chest. That's, mm-hmm. that's my place. So it's, it's really looking at like what's happening on the body mm-hmm. level and then how can we pair that with these other layers of ourselves and then, and then give it a try. Yeah. I, you know, I, oh my God, I just, I, I so feel it. Um, it's like, you know, what are we f- being called to feed ourselves, whether that's in food or insects, what are we, what are we feeling called the, the desire? And like, where is that coming from? Is it coming from fear or is it really coming from this, like this inner calling, this kind of game with the alignment of the universe? It's like improv where we say yes and, and mm-hmm. things come in. Um, and yeah. And, and that's where, you know, I think I love how you were talking earlier about like, you know, you did the therapy, you did the, the talking side, but the, the piece that clicked in and shifted was the somatic, was the mm-hmm. it, understanding the embodiment of feelings and to know and to listen to this like more primitive part of ourselves as opposed to being like, because I know I'm dangerous when I get in my brain, like I can fucking rationalize and logic and start getting into like all kinds of the totally. psychological hula hoop gymnastics um, uh-huh. if left to my own devices. But you, you can only pretend you don't feel it for so long. And then eventually the body comes like, hello, like you, and and it usually sums up with, like you were saying, you had like this adrenal fatigue, like then it shows up in this way of like, oh, we're, we are getting your attention. Sirens are going off. Mm -hmm. You need to be in this body. Like what's happening with this body. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, because maybe, you know, somatic might be a word that might be new to some folks. And so what, when we're talking about somatic therapy, what does that look like? And, and what is the, 
the piece for it that like really brings it, you know, I love you were talking in your um, form that you filled out at a room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about being home, <laughs> carrying yourself home, like coming home to the wisdom of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So somatic means soma means of the body. Mm-hmm. So somatics is kind of like a general term for those listening that maybe have never heard of this work, which means like you're dealing directly with the body. So I, I say it's an umbrella term because there's so many different right. kinds of approaches and there's so many different yeah. techniques and practices that can, can fall under that category. Mm-hmm. So I was trained in the approach that I was I want to say healed, but there's no healed. There's no end point. Like I did my healing journey through Mm -hmm. and it's a combination of somatic therapy and sexological body work. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of two part experience. So what happens is like you said, in the beginning of the podcast, we were not born into this world with shame, right? We're kind of born with this clean slate, a clean slate with the understanding that there's karmic ties and ancestral wounds and soul curriculum, Mm -hmm. right? But we're kind of clear and clean and pure. And so as we start to grow up, especially between the ages of zero and seven, we're like a sponge and we just soak up all of this information and we really just take everything as fact. So like, for example, if you were in your crib when you were two years old and your mom comes in and she's just about to get you from the crib and then all of a sudden the phone rings and she walks out and she leaves you and you start crying, you probably are making up the understanding that perhaps mom's not there for you. Maybe Mm -hmm. women aren't there for you. They Mm -hmm. never show up. They're going to come. They're going to tease you. They're going to leave. They don't care. And it might show up as an abandonment wound when, when there's no actual like fact in that, that the phone just rang, but you didn't know any better. Right. So uh, after the age of seven, these things are just in our system. Mm -hmm. They're in our bodies. They're, they're like neuropathways that have already been created. Mm -hmm. And so what we tend to do is there's like these systems that get created. So like these stories are created and then there's all of these systems that Mm -hmm. exist in our life and in our world and in our experience. And as you can hear from my story, it showed up for me as like one abusive relationship after the next. It was replicating this system that I experienced in my childhood. So again, while there was so much awareness in my life, like the, the, mm-hmm. the awareness and the amount of connection that I had between why I did this and this was, was painful. It was mm-hmm. like, I can see it, but it keeps happening. <laughs> and so what I, you know, the, like what is somatics is we're actually getting into the tissue of the body, which is where the trauma lives. Mm-hmm. So when we do somatic therapy and sexological body work, we're actually getting into the cellular level. Like we're working in the quantum because everything happens in frequency right. first, right? So like you said, with my adrenal fatigue, it probably happened, it happened in the yeah. frequency level first. Like it showed up through food also because that was probably the biggest place for my higher self to poke me to have Mm -hmm. the most weight at that point in my life that was going to get me to listen and to start this journey. So like in, yeah. So in this kind of somatic therapy, um, another piece to this is that everything's energy and emotions are energy in motion. So again, when we have these traumatic negative experiences, a lot of times we're not actually going through the full trauma cycle. Like, Mm. If that, if that was, if I was a baby in the crib, I'd probably cry and cry and cry it out. But I, maybe there is a, 
part of the completion of that cycle that was missed. And so then we carry it. So what we're doing in this kind of therapy is actually giving the body the space to heal and to do the thing that it knows how to do when it actually has the space and the safe space to do it. Mm. So I'm pressing into these areas of tension in the body and looking for areas of tension and tightness and looking for where there's like a block of energy, like mm-hmm. where, where the energy is not properly flowing through our system because yeah. there's something there. And so typically what happens when I press into these areas of tension and do these different techniques and unwind the energy, because it's a combination of like, you know, physical body work with energetic work right. is that memories start to come up. So mm-hmm. for example, I had a man on my table once and I was working on his calf and barely pressing into this area of his body, but it's excruciating pain for him because of what he was holding. And it was a memory mm-hmm. of him you know, outside in the backyard when he was like nine and he punched his sister in the face and he was holding so much shame and guilt from the, from the violence that he had with his sister in that moment of like what it made, made it, what he made it mean about him. And so in this, in this process, we get to actually like, I get to be the sister. I get to actually step in and he gets to apologize and we get to move into a space of love and move into a truth realm and, and reclaim that power. And then the energy is free in the body and the body relaxes and the energy starts moving. And then there's so much more space and capacity for pleasure and power and purpose and, and intention. And it's the same thing with sexuality, with Mm -hmm. the sexological body part. It's like, we hold all of these areas of tension in our yoni, in our womb. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times they're stored in our cervix because there's a direct connection to our heart. It's stored in our G spot. So I'm also doing different kinds of internal massage where we're unwinding this energy. And um, like another story, when I, when I typically work on those two spots, especially the cervix, usually memories will just start to surface. Sometimes there's memories, sometimes there's just emotions. Um, But I've had women come in where they've just kind of gone through every ex-boyfriend or every lover that they've Mm -hmm. ever had that they've just collected something from and have deeply held. And it usually is going to be held in the places that we're not going to look in. Like they're going to be stored right in our vagina or right up in our rectum. Mm -hmm. So actually getting to these points and pressing into them your body doesn't have anywhere to run to. Yeah. And, and with, with somebody who's like a practitioner or trained and, mm-hmm. and, and knows how to hold you in these spaces, it's just a beautiful opportunity to reclaim your power and to meet yourself in what feels yeah. like the first time. Mm. It does. It's amazing. It's, it's, it is something I highly, highly recommend to people. Um, like you said, because the story, like we spend so much time and energy guarding the story without even realizing it, totally. you know, in our body and, and then all the things we make it mean. And, and so yeah, when you free up that space, it's just like, oh my God, like so many things just fall in with such ease because there mm-hmm. just isn't this, you know, if you think of it like a bank account, if you're spending all of your money <laughs> on totally. this thing, there isn't, there just isn't resources, you know? Yeah. Um, and so tell me a bit about a, because I feel like sovereignty and reclaiming the pussy energy are very connected, very woven mm-hmm. together. But we have four minutes to break. And I feel like this is a longer question than that. So <laughs> pausing on that thought. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell one. everyone how they can find you because you have an amazing, which when I read the title to this, I was like, oh, fuck yes. <laughs> you have a program coming up called In the Flesh. It is a mystery school, sexology, somatic, body work, energy work, sexual healing, just 
I mean, in the flesh, like (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) So exciting. Um, And so you can find Julianne on Instagram. It's J-U-L-I-A-N-N-E-V-A-C-C-A-R-O on Instagram. And that's also her web as well. uh, JulianneVaccaro.com. And yes, uh, you know, she's this, as you can tell by listening, I mean, this has been an amazing conversation about just coming in and, and understanding this glorious relationship that you get to have with your most intuitive self, with, with, with the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual pieces of you coming together to, to get to experience this game we get to play in life. <laughs> so that really is, I mean, it's, it's true pleasure and embodiment. So it has been a joy to talk to you and I can't wait till we get to come back from break and dive in even more. I am Christiane Bella and you are listening to Unbuckled. Think about how much sound you hear all the time. Noise, music, your own heartbeat. What is it made of? How does it work? How does it affect you? The universe of music takes you into the particles of life and the beat of living. It is an interactive online masterclass of music and science taught by the internationally renowned musician and scholar, Dr. Marcine Bella. Visit theuniverseofmusic.com. That's theuniverseofmusic.com. Are you tired of having the same fight over and over again? Is it hard to remember a time when you felt close to each other? Before you call it quits, do you want to do something to rebuild that spark of intimacy? Of course you do. Ignite the passion like never before with Intimacy Architecture. Text 626-310-5159 to set up your relationship consultation. Again, text 626-310-5159. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Unbuckled with Christy Ann Bella. Reach out to Christy Ann with any questions or comments at intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. That's intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. Christy Ann welcomes your emails. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back. You are listening to Unbuckled. I am your intimacy architect, Christiane Bella, and with me today is Julianne Vaccaro, and we are just getting about to get even juicier mm-hmm. uh, talking about reclaiming your pussy and the sovereignty of, of self and being. Um, let's even just pause for a moment because I feel like sovereignty is one of those buzzwords that we're hearing a lot now, and it's like, does anyone... How are we defining that? What does that really look like, looking like for you? So, uh, what does what does sovereignty? How does that show up for you? What does that feel like in your world? Yeah. So, body sovereignty for me feels like like the words autonomy and agency come in. Like, mm-hmm. am I governing this mm. this thing that I that I occupy and live in every single day? Am I claiming my space? Am I in touch and aware of what's happening in my body? But also like, am I 
taking responsibility and ownership for this vessel? Like, Mm -hmm. am I being proactive with knowing what foods that I'm putting in my body? Like what Mm -hmm. chemicals are coming in my body? What energies are coming in my body? So like, to me, sovereignty is looking at every level of the self, like physical, emotional, spiritual, sexual, and looking at where we're giving away our power, reclaiming Mm -hmm. that. And the more like pieces of ourselves that we pull back in, like to me, that's sovereignty and, and knowing that you have the agency to say yes. And no, Mm -hmm. you have the fucking autonomy to like choose the life and design it the way that you want. There's nothing for you Mm -hmm. to follow. Like there's no rules. Yes. Oh, so good. I love it. It's, and I think that scares us sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. I certainly stayed in that place for a, a good period of time and of just wanting to give my power away because I was so intimidated by it. And I had stories and things around what the shadow side of power looked like and not yeah. wanting to feel like I was participating in that. Such a big one. Yeah. So, you know, when, when we talk about this idea of, of reclaiming the pussy and I personally love the word cunt, I'm like all about like, yes, Uh, you know, what that power, where did you get comfortable? I guess is my, like, how did you learn to be comfortable in your power and with power in general? Mm. I really like that you said like you had to get comfortable with the dark side of shadow because I think that sometimes that's that can be something that is missed or overlooked Mm -hmm. because power I mean look at the world there aren't very many healthy representations of what power looks like there's just like abuse and corruption left and right and Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of good humans but they're not on the main stream television for most of us so to me how did I get comfortable with my own power was what pops in first is actually was reclaiming my innocence was Mm. recognizing that like I am innocent and I am good. And to me, I grew up in a Catholic household. I'm from New York on Long Island. So Catholicism was in our house. My mom still prays the rosary every day. And, and for me, there was actually a lot of abusive power from people that were in authoritative positions for me in my childhood. Like Mm. my, my abuser was somebody that had a position in the school district. Mm. I would be whisked to church when I made a Mm. poor choice to be healed and cleansed. So there was, it was almost like all of these very big, important authoritative figures were also abusing me and, and taking away my power. And so I started to treat myself that way. Like, I'm not good. I am not innocent. I am a fucking shitty human that just can't do anything right. It's all my fault. What's wrong with me? So like to actually reclaim my power, I actually had to start to believe that I was a good human mm-hmm. and, and heal these really young parts of me that mm-hmm. didn't believe that I was good, that didn't believe I deserved mm-hmm. love and thought that I must have just had to have done something mm-hmm. so horrible to have had those specific experiences. Mm-hmm. So step one, I would say is like, really coming back to the truth of who you are, remembering who you are. Mm -hmm. And that also includes your divinity, your Mm -hmm. relationship to God, spirit, source, the universe. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about spirituality and sexually, I don't talk about them separately anymore because they're not like God Mm -hmm. is found in your sex. God Mm -hmm. is found in the body. So as I started to reclaim these parts of me, I also realized how much of a connection I had with my sexuality. And I think for a lot of people that do this work, realize that they actually had that same connection too when they were a little girl, like, 
you know, self-pleasuring when they were five and being Mm -hmm. yelled at. But that was the connection to the body. There was wisdom there. There was insight. There was relief. Mm -hmm. There was peace. There was power. There was truth. There was knowing. And we just got further and further away from that. So getting comfortable with my power was recognizing the innocence and then also reclaiming the innocence of my sex and then combining mm-hmm. that with my spirituality, realizing yeah. that sex and God are one, sex and money and money and love is all one. Mm-hmm. And from there, it's like, well, I actually can't do wrong. I actually right. can't fuck up. I can't make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminds me of the conversation of intuition because it's like, that can feel scary to actually go out on a limb and trust because then it all falls back on you if you Mm -hmm. quote unquote make a mistake, but it's like, there's no mistake because it's our soul's path. And so even if we make the quote unquote wrong choice, it's going to lead us in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, recognizing and owning, like I've created a lot of these experiences and I have the power to, to shift them. And I would also invite those listening, if it resonates to like, look at those in power that have wronged and hurt you Mm -hmm. and clear and cleanse those and do rituals and practices around that. And then also look at where have you abused your power? Where have you Mm -hmm. taken advantage of others? Like clear and cleanse that track so that you can really move forward in integrity. And I I mean, I'm just like, I fucking love this conversation. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Best way to start a Monday morning. Yeah. There, you know, you had mentioned earlier about this idea of like, like thinking of ourselves as damaged. And I feel like that's, you know, that's a piece that comes into play with this idea of power, because then, yeah, if we, if we aren't making peace with, with what we think was done to us or what we think, you know, was even our own mistakes, that's the separation that actually keeps us from reclaiming who we really are from being in, in this sense of like at home in the pleasure of, of being alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, c- connecting my spirituality back to my sexuality was just the, one of the greatest things I ever did for myself. Cause very yeah. similar, like grew up in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. Italian Catholic family, go and yep. light the candles, go do confession, the whole yep. thing. So yeah, to come back to myself and realize like, um, you know, this is, this is a beautiful part of who I am. It is, it is the, the joyful essence of like moving creative energy through mm-hmm. the world for which I am a conduit for which I am yes. a channel. Yes. Um, you know, there's just so much wisdom if we'll allow it. And, and I think like so many things in our life, we want to, <laughs> we want to cherry pick. We're like, we're labeling, we're like, oh, this is good. This is bad. And then we're like, but I only want the good things. You know, it's like, but it's like, there really isn't just like, there isn't a mistake. Just like there Mm -hmm. isn't an opportunity you can miss because it's going to, it's like a merry-go-round. You'll, you'll come back around. (laughs) It's all leading you somewhere. Who knows where? Really? Yeah. And then, you know, and then if you're lucky enough, you see it and you alchemize it or transmute it or however that shows up for you, digest it and, you know, so I, I really love that, you know, your journey led you through food, because I think this is something that really struck me when I started um, as a yoga teacher, was the idea of the Agni, right? The, the undigested things. And then it's also the same word for the fire that digests them, that the, that power in your belly mm-hmm. that is like on a physical level, the digestive gut and, and get rid of yeah. what you don't need and what's feeding you. And then on this energetic level, yeah, like what's in the body that we're mm-hmm. we're digesting and we're using as fuel or we're releasing and letting yeah, go. Totally. Um so 
erotic blueprint. I I love this because I'm an intimacy architect. So <laughs> I love like reclaiming and playing with words and um like what was a word I was typing it the other day and it wasn't coming up. And I was like, well, I guess I just made up this word (laughs) since we made them all up anyway. (laughs) So yeah. So to take the idea of a blueprint of this like structure and, um, and the idea of the erotic, right. Which is, it's very fluid, uh, feminine, if you were kind of, um, Mm -hmm. and to marry them together, what, what turned you on to this idea and how are you, um, using it to help people kind of find that balance, right? Between like, okay, what's the the practical part of my sexuality and what's just the essence aspect? Yeah, yeah. Sexuality is a world and space that is just limitless and endless. And you're never going to like, I mean, there's no there to get anywhere, but it feels Mm -hmm. like it's extra amplified in the world of sexuality. And so when I went through my trainings for somatic sexology and body work, I I just felt like it was an umbrella for so many different things. Like it was shamanism, it was energy work, it was sexuality, it was trauma, it was all of it. And so I was like, okay, I want to go into each of these areas and like get as much as I can. And so I one of the pathways that I went down was the erotic blueprints. And um, Jaya is the creator of the erotic blueprints. And it's a, it's a beautiful framework and it's a really helpful tool because let's face it, we as humans like to label and identify and we love fucking quizzes. Like put a quiz out link link out there. That's like, <laughs> tell me who I am and everyone's going to take it. It's like the most DMs that I get. It's like, what's your erotic blueprint quiz? I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like, you all know the love languages probably. Right. And it's in it's similar to that, but for the world of sex. So mm-hmm. I, I love using the framework because I think that a lot of us want to, and I was this way when I first started, I wanted the exact practices and I wanted mm-hmm. the rituals and I wanted the techniques and I wanted all of the mm-hmm. like tangible things that I could do. Yeah. And the more that I get and the deeper in the work, I'm like, there are no practices. There are no processes. It, it doesn't like, you, it's different every time. Like yeah. go in the body, let the body lead you. Mm. And I think for a lot of us who love language and love frameworks, it's a great tool to kind of create understanding and awareness of what is actually happening in the body. So there's five erotic blueprints. There's kinky, sexual, sensual, energetic, and shapeshifter. Mm -hmm. So um, energetics, um, I am a... I'm a shapeshifter, but I'm a primary energetic. And as I've spent more time in these blueprints, I've learned so much about me as a whole because the way Mm -hmm. that we show up in the bedroom is the way that we show up everywhere else in life. Mm -hmm. So what shows up in my blueprints shows up out there in the world. I see it in my partners. I see it in all of my Mm -hmm. friends. It's wild. So energetics are the people that are going to be really turned on by anticipation, by tease and space. Like they love to learn, um, to long. They love to yearn the more space, the better. Um, it's really about like very light touch. We love stillness. Mm-hmm. We can have, you know, or energy orgasms without mm-hmm. even being touched or, you know, orgasms and meditations and things mm-hmm. like that. I'm kind of giving you like a cliff notes yeah. version of each of the, the blueprints. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's sensuals that are turned on by all of the senses, like smell, touch, taste, mm-hmm. music. Um, they're going to love to like it's like that syrupy kind of feeling in the body. Mm -hmm. They love to be contoured, squeezed. Um, They just want to be like skin to skin contact. Mm -hmm. And so we like sensuals can have full body erotic pleasure and Mm -hmm. like love deliciousness and, and have full body orgasms. And then there's also sexuals. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Sexuals are kind of like what we see as what the world sees as sexuality. Like sexuals can get to zero to 60 real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like all about vulvas and cocks and genitals and genital to genital. And like, are you going to have an orgasm? I want to know we're going to have an orgasm. And if you don't have an orgasm, it's not good. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's superpowers and sexuals to all of these mm-hmm. blueprints. I'm giving you like little glimpses. Right. Uh, and then kinky is those that like to play in the taboo and that could be yeah. whatever is taboo for you. So it might right. be sensation play. It could be, um, it could be psychological play. Some people like impact play, mm-hmm. but this is a super creative blueprint because it, again, it's like the possibilities are endless. You right. can, you can go and create anything. Oh. Um, and then there's shapeshifters and shapeshifters are those that embody all of the blueprints. Like right. we want it all. We want all of the hands. Give me 10 hands, all the blueprints at the same time. <laughs> like no judgment That's on any my world. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, so those are like a very, very, very quick breakdown of the erotic blueprints. There's also the states and stages. There's uh, pathways mm-hmm. or obstacles to sexual health and wellness. So it's a great framework to, to really start to understand like what's happening in the body. And, and one other piece I'll add is that it's, it's powerful because mm-hmm. when we have words and language to mm-hmm. understand why we feel the things that we feel, there's so much shame that gets let go of. That's what a lot of what I see with the erotic yeah. blueprint work is like all the shame starts to shed. Right. So for example, with energetics, like I'm a, I'm a space girl, like give me all the space. I will get, like the more space you give me, the more mad I get. <laughs> or for others, like it's the opposite. They're like, what the fuck are you waiting for? Yeah. So for an energetic, like if somebody goes right to your genitals in some kind of play, mm-hmm. all their turn off gets just mm-hmm. gone. It's gone. It's like, where the hell is my turn on? Yeah. And so for others, that's actually like how they turn on. So, mm-hmm. so with this framework, it's really useful to understand, like, there's nothing wrong with you. Nice. You're not broken. There's all of these different areas and ways that you can get to pleasure. And the more that you do this work, you could actually start to see that, like, I believe that we're all shapeshifters. Yeah. And the more that we heal and remember the truth of who we are, we can actually play and expand into all of it. Cause to me, the goal is like, I want to be full spectrum. How do we, how do we embody every archetype and every Mm -hmm. expression of who we are? Yeah. And you'll know what flavor you're in the mood for on any given time because you're able to come back and go in and be like, okay, what is this now? And, and who is, who am I playing with? Or, you know, the people, you know, whatever that looks like, because we're, we're going to reflect that. And, um, and sometimes attract in people who are going to trigger something so that you can Mm -hmm. be like, Oh, wait, this is actually not where I am and not what I, I I'm feeling right now. And, yep. and that reminds me, you know, and it is very similar, you know, in, in the sense of you're not one love, like you have a predominant love language, just like you have a, maybe a predominant in the moment. Exactly. Or this cycle, <laughs> yep. you know, but yeah, we, we, I mean, we are a spectrum of everything and totally. I think it gets, so that's the duality and the paradox, right. Is like, we do, there's something about launching from a certain state of definition of having a container yeah. to help us make sense of it. But then at the same time, now you got to fucking kind of throw all that out the window and realize you're all of it. And- yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like we start, start here, create the awareness and get the language, understand. It's like the boxes, the boxes and the identities are helpful until we trap ourselves with them. Right. Right. So true. I love that. Um, and I love one of the things that you, your quote was, uh, don't be scared of your emotions, especially anger. And mm-hmm. I think that's so important. And it kind of ties in earlier, we were talking about power, you know, because this idea of, 
of angry being a a bad thing or or you know something that is um almost unnecessary like yeah. um or if we let ourselves indulge in it then what will become of us like you know? yes <laughs> um so what was how did you create a new relationship with anger mm. and see yeah. it's, it's superpower so to speak oh i'm so happy that we're going into this so anger anger is is so beautiful it's so beautiful and just like sex, it's something that's been so societally shamed and we've been so conditioned to just never go there. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when I reflect on the work that I do with women and I try to narrow it down into like, I help, it's like, I I kind of help women feel like I, Mm -hmm. I kind of show you how to be in a body and be with the emotions that arise and know what to do with them. So like you and I both spoke about, it's like a lot of times we're living in the head. That's just the the way that a lot of us operate because that's what the world demands of us. Where the world is not like, yeah, go go be in the body. The world's like, use your fucking brain and make some money. <laughs> and so, um, so the anger is something that like has been so shamed. It's something that so many of us are not comfortable with. We don't know how to sit with it. We don't know how to transmute it. Yeah. So the first thing that I like to address around the conversation of anger is, and you'll see a theme here with the same way that I kind Mm -hmm. of unpack the intuition piece is like what's going on in the mindset and the Mm -hmm. beliefs and the conscious mind. Because what I find is, you know, the mind body is one, but Mm -hmm. we have to kind of look at them, I think, separately at certain points because it's like, the mind is going to be the thing that might keep you from getting into the body. If there's mm-hmm. this belief there, that's telling you, you cannot do it because danger will happen if you do. Mm-hmm. So like, what are the stories and conditionings and beliefs around anger? What do you believe it to be? A lot of times it's that, that like women can't be angry and that mm-hmm. if we're angry, like you said, like, who are we going to turn into? And mm-hmm. if I go, I'm never going to get out of it. And what mm-hmm. if I hurt somebody? What if I hurt myself? And a lot of us have seen what anger has done and how it's hurt people. Like in my story, anger was a huge thread because my abuser was, it was anger. Um, And so for me, it was such a tender, important reclamation because my anger was something that I just stuffed down for all Mm -hmm. of my life. And I think that a lot of us share that. And for me, and I, and again, I think this shows up in a lot of people as well, is that like what, what happens when that anger is stuffed down. For me, I, I took it out on myself. Like yeah. I was self-mutilating. I remember memories of myself going to tennis competitions and losing and like literally hurting myself mm-hmm. because it the energy had nowhere to mm-hmm. go. And then it would create a spiral of shame in me of like, who am I to hurt myself yeah. like this, right? And then that's a pattern. And then that's mm-hmm. acceptable behavior. And then I would take that anger and aggression from the outside world because, well, I was doing it to myself and that's right. all I had ever known. So reclaiming anger, anger is making it is seeing that it is actually very sacred it is so holy and all of these emotions are everything here is of the divine everything is sacred we can literally make anything sacred with intention so with anger i think it's important to bring god into your anger Mm. and to create spaces safe spaces with people that know how to hold it know how to meet you in it that aren't scared that have explored Mm. these spaces in themselves and hopefully with other people so that you can feel yourself because in your rage and in your anger i my sense is that you're going to feel parts of you that you've just you're going to feel the the power in you that you might have never felt before because our anger is so incredibly tied to our passion too. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I see that a lot in people who repress 
the anger and then, uh, you know, are not, yeah, are, are not having the, the sex life they want because they're trying yeah. to be so timid there too, yeah. instead of letting themselves find a healthy outlet for the anger and then be in this more uh, passionate place of, of, you know, deep explorative sexuality. Um, and I know we only have three minutes left because I was like, oh man, we could dive into BDSM right now. Like totally. there's so many things. Well, so, add to you'll just have to come piece. back and hang out. Yeah. Can I add one more piece to the anger? Yes. I think that we we make it wrong because a lot of times we're spiritual bypassing. Like Ooh. we don't consider anger as spiritual. And so yes. we're like, well, if I go there, then that means I haven't done the work. When actually like that's the opposite. We are spiritually bypassing when we don't feel our anger. So if we can recognize that it actually is spiritual and sacred and that mm-hmm. it's just like if someone has wronged us, we have a fucking right to be right. angry and to rage. Maybe, you know, not taking it out on them, but in yeah. a safe space, like mm-hmm. that's the process. Oh, yes. That is. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Yes. Carry that with you <laughs> today, <laughs> wherever you are. Yes. Giving yourself permission to feel all the feelings mm-hmm. um, in their beautiful spectrum. Well, I'm so glad you joined me today to have this great conversation. And everyone, you can find Julianne. It's Julianne, that's J-U-L-I-A-N-N-E-V-A-C-C-A-R-O.com on Instagram. Uh, Julianne, thank you so much for being here. This has been just a beautiful conversation. And I'm so grateful to have you on Unbuckled. Thank you so, so, so much for bringing me in. I'm such, it's such an honor. I'm so grateful. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. I'm Christiane Bella, your intimacy architect, and I wish you blessings wherever you may find yourself on this beautiful day. Take care. Thank you for listening to Unbuckled. You can join Christiane Bella for another program with amazing guests, stories, and advice every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to check out our new show coming soon.